Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email piercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, Metalheads, after going to a Rager, what's your ultimate go-to? Mine is totally pizza. So when Overload is playing or I'm promoting the Metal Forge Live showcases or the big goddamn metal show, I go to Pizza Donisi. Pizza Donisi is gourmet artisan pizza from right here in Louisville, Kentucky. It features things like the pizza of the month, the sandwiches, and also vegetarian and vegan options, which is so totally fucking cool for all, all of it's It's awesome pizza. You definitely want to go. Hey, and also, from time to time, they do cannolis. Oh, so fucking good. You know what they said, man. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. Yeah, just like that in Godfather. They're located right next to the Mag Bar at 1396 South 2nd Street. So either stop in or call in at 502-213-0488. They're open till midnight. The witching hour. Heineken? Fuck that shit! Pabst Blue Ribbon! Hey, metalheads, you all hear me talk about Magbar all the time. It is the home to the Metal Forge Live showcases and is an integral stop in the ultimate underground metal tour schedule. They obviously feature live music, but the Magbar also has daily specials like Pint and Slice Night on Tuesdays with Pizza Donisi. But they also do Bring Your Own Vinyl on Thursdays with DJ Kent Jackson. And Finer Things Sundays. Located right next to Pizza Donisi at 1398 South 2nd Street. Open 3 p.m. to 4 a.m. seven days a week. Get your asses out to the Mag Bar. Rock out. For 45 years in keeping Louisville weird, Electric Ladyland has been there for all your eccentricities. While they do offer the best smoking supplies out on the market today, there's a whole lot more to check out. From ashtrays and blacklight posters, to records, incense and burners, and items to stock your metaphysical supply. They're open from 10 to 10, 7 days a week. Located at 2325 Bardstown Road in Louisville, Kentucky, and at electricladyland420.com. Roll out. 
the year was 1979, and all the world was caught up in disco and Star Wars. But in Louisville, something was happening. A young entrepreneur named Ben had a vision to be the best record store in all of the city. Fast forward to 2023, and Better Days Records is still going strong. Still, after all these years, owned by the same guy. We have had some trips and falls along the way, but so does life, and Better Days is here to stay. With two awesome locations at 921 Barrett Avenue and at 2600 West Broadway, Better Days are surely in your future. In a broken wasteland, I come to my fire. Blood and steel upon my fire. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of the Metal Forge. My name is Mark Jackson, and I am your host. Yeah. Haha. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Like, how the fuck are y'all doing this week? I am doing fucking rad because an old buddy, old dude, is coming back to the Metal Forge today. James Oliver from Sadistic Force in Austin, Texas. Yeah, that fucking hot-ass blazing fucking Texas sun is out and about today as we are kicking ass and we are promoting their new album, which he is in the wings standing by, you know, as I always say, but it's really just getting to the track where he is uh, in the wings standing by because we did sit down and record this a couple of weeks ago, and as I was going through the edit, I was really, like... Did you you ever just have a moment where you hear something back and you're just like have this really profound fucking like holy shit did that just happen did I say that uh, or did did they say that and it just like blow your mind and go a completely different direction on the on like a listen back or something for the uh, for the musicians out there I'm sure you've had that happen like where. You know, something has been EQ'd differently, and, and all of a sudden it just like it clicks and makes sense, or whatever. Or maybe in you, you know, your own personal life. It may not be music related, but somebody, or you know, you just stumble upon something that you read, and then all of a sudden it's just like there it is, and it clicks. And yeah, I've I've kind of had that here recently on a few episodes and stuff where. I've went back on the edit and I've I've just been blown away by some of the content. And I hopefully you all are digging it too because that's what we're really fucking pushing here is 
just the awesome fucking person-to-person contact in the metal scene. You know, just the rad shit. Just fucking the, the, the road life, the fucking, the new albums, the bands that need to be pushing and, you know, breaking that fucking glass ceiling that is out there. And I know I fucking preach it and I fucking say something about it every fucking week because that's what it's about. It's about you guys tuning in each and every fucking week and kicking fucking ass and keeping suggesting fucking bands to myself and Jason and our people that constantly that that you know are out there and they recommend because you guys have talked to them and and like Aaron Assant we you know I love him because he just does he know he he really has his finger on the pulse too and he mentioned in a previous episode of uh the Alehorn of where it was myself, Aaron, and Jason on there, and we talked about the three hardest working in or three hard working independent bands for uh, Labor Day, and it was uh, it was you know so it was the Labor Day themed episode of the Alehorn because that was a cool one, and it was just like he completely mentioned some people that was rad as shit to me like more in the light. Which, you know, the other band, Ice Howl, is currently on a split with. And I'm just like, wow, man, this is fucking awesome that fucking, like, it's this awesome fucking independent scene. And it fucking blossoms, and it's fucking kick-ass. And it is all a fucking, you know, we're all a fucking metal family, right? So fuck yeah. Anyway... I always want to say, because we are a fucking metal family, you know, take care of each other. Fucking, if you're, if your people, whoever your people are, if they need you, fucking, you know, we all need each other. Fucking, horns up, fucking, kick ass, metal every fucking day. We're going to listen to some Sadistic Force. This is from the self-titled album, the... What? No. Self-titled album? What the fuck? Am I high? No, I'm not high. I'm doing this, right? No. Fucking, this is from Sadistic Force, and this name of the album is the title track. This is Aces Wild.
metalheads we are back here with this reforged episode and you know sitting here with me on the line is mr james oliver from sadistic force dude what's going on man what's up man i'm just getting excited for the album release album number two Excited to be back here on the Metal Forge. It's been over two years since the first one, and a shit ton of stuff has happened since then. It has, and, dude. Like, yeah. the so you all came on in May of twenty one, and that's when like a really big like there was a, a lot of steam that really had picked up around that time for the Metal Forge, and you know we were getting these awesome fucking guests, and not saying that no that people haven't been awesome but like it really has just ramped up and ramped up and ramped up ever since right and yeah you all were promoting aces wild on that show and actually so that's uh the most recent thing was the lagoon of doom single right and we were we had just recorded aces wild but that hadn't been announced yet See, uh, I remember every little detail of the first right because I had ordered the first strikes. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. EP. Well, it's the compilation. It's the first two EPs. And yeah, Mercenary Press. Yes, absolutely. And shout out to Mercenary Press. They are still friends of the Forge. Really yeah, and you had Chris that. on the uh, that Chris episode. I had to listen to that one. Oh, absolutely. He he's a he's a gem of a human. Oh yeah. Yeah, he uh, booked our whole tour and, you know, drove the whole time and was just uh, really making it happen for us when we went and toured over there in the UK. Yeah, so let's rewind to that for a minute. So you all actually did go on tour in the UK with uh, Chris's band and Human Nature. Yeah. Yeah, the first half of it was with Venom Wolf, and then the second half was with Inhuman Nature. And then we did one show at the end where we linked up with Midnight and Night Demon and uh, opened that show. Which is rad as fuck, dude. That's a fucking hell of a lineup with Sadistic Force, Midnight, and fucking Night Demon, dude. That's a fucking banger of a fucking lineup. I would love to have been there. That was fucking awesome. That was in Bristol, UK, so they got a night of, you know, three... uh, three-piece American fucking old-school metal bands. And one thing funny that happened, actually, is our drummer, Jose, uh, got to sound check with Midnight. Mm. Because their drummer, Iron Possessor, was, like, down the street getting a haircut, and they're like, we got to do the sound check. And he was like, I can play black rock and roll on drums, so (laughs) I got to get up there and fucking play that song. So that was pretty epic. Well, no shit, man. That's That's like dream come true kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's like winning the heavy metal lottery, play, you know. To be uh, to be playing with Athenar and Vanek up there on and sound checking that shit, man. That's that's rad as fuck. Yeah, that was pretty special, even just to uh, witness. You know, I, just me. I was the only person. <laughs> nice. Besides the sound guy, you know. I am like totally like ecstatic for that, and he's. You know, I mean, that's like. I don't know you guys like personally, personally or anything, but like for me, that's a total rad like story. That's like feel good end of the day, you know, like, you know, things do, the good things do happen for people. Occasionally they do. Yeah. Yeah, You know, it's like, (laughs) it isn't all fucking government torture and bullshit. Well, a lot of it is, but it's not all that way. (laughs) Yeah. There's little glimmers of uh, joy. Here and there. <laughs> right. You know, fucking 
whether it's that or getting a picture of your fucking favorite fucking band member walking onto their tour bus. I don't know. Fucking, yeah, dude. Fucking take it while you can, right? Totally, yeah. Because there is a lot of just, you know, the daily grind, you know, waking up, you read the news, what the fuck, this horrible thing has happened. So, absolutely, now that you mentioned that. Yeah, so, you, you know, really, that's why I don't know, watch the so news. <laughs> yeah, I have completely, like, stopped watching any kind of, like, news. Uh, of course, anytime I see something and it makes me laugh, I'm just like, hey, yeah, yeah, you know, fuck that guy <laughs> or anything, yeah. you know, especially if it's like a, 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 a terrible, terrible news story about a politician on either side. I'm like, yeah, fuck that guy. Um, but no, I mean, yeah. fuck, fuck those guys. Yeah, We're here so to talk about the metal. So you're going to talk about the metal. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. After coming back from Europe, now you've, you've got a new album coming out in October. Yes. It's coming out Friday, October the 13th. Oh shit. Friday oh, yeah. the 13th. Yep. <laughs> Tell me it's not a coincidence. Is it? It was planned, right? I'm fucking with you. <laughs> it had to happen. The The theme of the album is like slashers and serial killers. And once you see the album artwork, like the cover, you'll be like, holy shit. Friday the 13th was the perfect time to put this out. I'm excited already. Yeah, it's a, it's a little darker subject matter than the first one. It's all kind of like that 80s slasher thing. And speaking of albums coming out on October, Friday the 13th, um, the guys from Electrocutioner actually made the intro to the first track. It's like a spooky-ass fucking uh, old-school 80s uh, like slasher a, synth Yeah, like a dungeon intro. synth thing. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, you know, just the 80s, like John Carpenter, or, but like total B-movie version. Oh, like, yeah. I was sending Mark, like, all these movies, like, uh, Final Exam and, like, all this shit for Oh, absolutely, yeah. You, uh, stuff like in uh, uh, the soundtrack of, like, They Live and... Yeah. And... That's a good one. Yeah, absolutely. I totally get them. And, and totally awesome band, rad, uh, rad people, uh, friends of the Metal Forge as well. They've been on here. Uh, super cool time on theirs. And I was actually talking about them on my latest um, uh, Unsleeved episode because I have their, their cassette tape that came with the... Uh, the dungeon crawl kind of uh the d20 game yeah they do crazy stuff they're doing some interesting uh stuff with their releases yeah but oh. that's why i bring it up their album is coming out the same day as ours sweet absolutely so. and also that is the first day of the big goddamn metal show here in louisville which i am promoting with yeah. uh, six bands that night at 21st in germantown it is actually You know, I promote everybody's shows on here, but, like, I know I might, like, talk about everybody else's shows, but I'm fucking horrible about actually promoting the fucking big goddamn metal show. Yeah, we might talk about it from time to time, but let me tell you, it is two nights, two venues, Friday the 13th, Saturday the 14th of October. Uh, Friday the 13th is at 21st in Germantown with... Half-caster, rifle, kill the crown, 
Storm Toker, Eulogy in Blood, and their first appearance in Kentucky Throne of Iron. And then on Saturday the 14th at the Mag Bar, this is night two of the big goddamn metal show with Mothrog, Promise of Plague, Misery Machina, Kerr, Baptize, Overload, and Detroit's own Snafu. So you all want to be there. It's $15 a night, $25 for the weekend in the fucking Forge Pass. Get your asses out there to the big goddamn metal show. Yeah. Yeah. If you're uh, in the area, get... people go to that, man. That sounds fucking Yeah, sick. for sure, dude. Uh, and like I said, it's a two-night deal. Uh, we're continuing the show on the uh, fifth, or the 14th at uh, Magbar. You were talking about the artwork, and obviously by the time we're recording this, it has not been unveiled yet. By the time this comes out, it will be out there. Yeah, hopefully so. <laughs> I don't know when this is going to air, but uh, it's dropping pretty soon. Okay, cool. So. Um, so who is the, can you tell me who the artwork is by? Is it by the same, uh, gentleman who was on the first album? No, this dude, uh, bull metal art I found from the, uh, first knife album, um, knife by knife, you know, uh, the German band. Like, right. I looked at that fucking cover and then the back, cause I have the CD and I was like, this is the dude I want for the next album. Like, this looks fucking cool. Um, yeah. So, Bull Metal B V L L. Gotta keep it true, Colt. Shout out to uh, Bull Metal B V L L Metal on Instagram. Definitely. So, it's a painting like the first time we had Wormwalk do it, but this time I had a little more of my own vision. Like, the first album I just sent um Wormwalk, i sent him the like demos or whatever and we're like i just said you know check this out and paint whatever you feel right so he you know he just kind of came up with this crazy ass thing based on the vibe he got but for this one i kind of had a vision in mind and i can't do any kind of visual art drawing any of that so i kind of just described it and then this dude painted it and it was like exactly what i saw in my brain so I'm in love. Definitely, dude. And, you know, being that guy for um, that does that to artists as well, I'm sure it's the worst thing in the world for for any musician to go to an artist and say, hey, man, do you just want to listen to some demos and paint whatever comes to mind? (laughs) Yeah. Because then if it would be funny if they painted something bad, you know, just like a toilet, just... Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, right. Like, aside from the obvious, aside from the obvious <laughs> thing of saying that this is a shit album, dude, you need to rethink what you're writing. Um, <laughs> but no, like, I mean, there was a guy that did some artwork for me at one time, and it really conjured, like, some really fucked up imagery. One that I was like, dude, that's pretty fucking abrasive. And plus, it looks Mm. like my drummer's dad. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) So, we never used that artwork, and dude got massively pissed. So, yeah, because it was just like, dude, I'm sorry, I got outvoted too. Because I voted against it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And it was my idea. Well, you got to do what you have to do. That's going to live forever. You know what I mean? Like someone could find that in a record store and 
30 years, you know, if you had gone with that. Oh, absolutely. That's the thing about the artwork and the music is that this will live even beyond when I'm an old man and after that even too, you know. Whatever uh, format they invent in uh, 2060, this will get a reissue on that. The pill that you take, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm sure we'll have hologram versions of this of this conversation. (laughs) They'll use AI technology and create a digital rendering of me talking to you. (laughs) Wow, hell yeah. I mean that actually that sound that would sound ridiculous if you were to tell me that like the last time we did the first episode, but so much weird shit has happened with AI that you just said that and sent like a chill down my spine. Yeah, I know. It's like fucking dude, you're a fucking fan of the eighties. You know what's happening here. It's fucking Cyberdyne. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Fucking Skynet's live, motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's accelerating like pretty fast, you know. That AI shit, like AI artwork wasn't even around like whenever I started Sadistic Force or even when we did the first album. No, no, now, absolutely. Know, bands, they, they can just do an AI. You just say anything into the AI. You're like, I want a bloody skull with like a naked chick. And then like, there it is. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, Jason Roach from Ice Howl, uh, Full Metal Gamer, he talks about this because he got a uh, a targeted email blast or a targeted ad, and it was something about um, album artwork, affordable album artwork, t-shirt artwork type shit on his uh, Facebook feed. And he looked at it, and it was just like these really pretty fucking awesome looking images that looked real, like real hand-drawn images, right? Like, not like illustrated pen-to-paper type stuff, but, you know, digital images. Yeah. When you got to looking at the price, it was like $43. Or, you know, and so he actually bought one, and they were just like, here's the link to your high-res files, and that was it. And they, they didn't fucking send him any kind of fucking copyright uh, deal, none of that shit, you know, and it was just like holy fuck, man. So he emailed them and messaged them, and they have yet to reach out to him. Where he was asking if they were AI images or who who the artist was, because he has he feels that he has to give credit and stuff, and like yeah, yeah they haven't reached back out or anything. It's so yeah, it's totally a thing that's <laughs> coming. Yeah, uh, you know, I'll never use AI for anything I do that involves artwork. Oh no, absolutely not. So with the album coming out, what do we have as a name? We didn't say that yet. It's called Midnight Assassin. Ooh. Midnight Assassin. Yeah. I like that. And I'm sure it's fast as fuck, right? Yeah, definitely. I think our fastest song ever is on this album. Um, it's pretty much balls to the wall. Uh, there is, you know a slight attempt at some dynamics, you know, like, <laughs> but it's mostly just, uh, speed till we bleed, you know, dude. And that's where it's fucking at. That's the <laughs> way I've all speed till you bleed. You know, you can't well, out- be witcher. That was uh, I had a quote be witcher on that one. And you can't outlast the blast. There you go. Hell yeah. Boom. That's mine. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I like that. You can't, can't outlast a blast, blast, motherfucker. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I would say the album is is probably a little more aggressive 
than the first one, to be honest. And uh, it's a little longer, a little shreddier. Uh, it spent a lot more time working on it, you know. So it should be, it's at least as good as our first album and uh, probably a little better. That's, well, fuck yeah, dude. That's all anybody can hope <laughs> for, man. And, you know, with everything that you've done so far, I mean, I've listened to everything, and, and it's all fucking rad as shit, so I know this is going to be just as fucking awesome, because it, does, it doesn't have any reason not to be. Oh, yeah, thank you. Well, I the mean, big difference besides um, the last thing we released was our split with Hellrock, which came out in February of 2022. We haven't put anything new out since then. Um but the big difference between this album and the first one is with the first one, we had only been jamming together for like a month and a half or something like that, maybe if that. And then with this one, I wrote uh, 80% of the album like the week after we got home from that UK tour. Right. So we, now we had already had, you know, some experience, you know, been playing in a band for a while. Right. You had a, a comfortability to it totally different experience because the first time around it was like hey you want to be in this band learn these songs and then we hit the studio immediately this we had a little more experience under the belts and uh right you know, you're feeling each other out yeah learning how to write together yeah which is it was awesome. kind of fun uh, i wrote one song before we went on that tour and we played it for the first time on the first day of the tour in Hastings, England. And then after that, we got home from the fucking tour. I had like some unpaid uh, time off work. I was like, I had like two weeks in between gigs, as as it were. And I just kind of spent, you know, all day, every day, knocking out these songs and. Uh, that was a lot of fun to do, you know. I that's one of the aspects of of doing a band that I really enjoy is actually the the writing of the music, you know, and seeing a song come together. Absolutely, I agree with you on that, because I think when when you put yourself on a goal, on a time limit, as it were, mm-hmm. and force yourself to do something. You know, say you had that two-week gap in between gigs, and you're like, okay, I've got to get this done. Yeah, because otherwise I'm going to be working and I don't have time. And you won't have time, or you'll you'll always, it'll, you know, you'll always push to get to it. And it's like, and then it's like, you, you, you might have released lackluster stuff because of being tired all the time kind of shit. Yeah, and being and feeling invigorated to do something like and and rattle it fucking out, and that's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, that's a a cool state to be in, and uh, I pretty much I would spend like ten hours a day, but I gave myself that deadline. I was like, I'm gonna fucking write the album, and that's it. Like whatever I write, there it is. Because I don't know, I don't want to be too precious about this band. It's not like a prog metal symphonic uh, thing, you know. It's kind of like Motorhead, how they just crank out songs, like the songs that, uh, there it is. Yeah, absolutely. And why you get a little (laughs) bit of repeat stuff in there. Not, and it's not exactly the same, but it's, you know, it's close enough. Like Rock Out is kind of similar to Ace of Spades and We Are Motorhead is similar to both of them. And, and, you know, you get I'm impressed with Motorhead with how similar a lot of their riffs are that they could all remember 
the riffs and not get them confused. And the fact that I fucking love every single one of them. Like, right. the songs all sound different, you know, but then they're using the same couple notes, like, for most of them, you know? Oh, it's for pretty, sure, dude. That's why I impressive. love them. <laughs> yeah, like, they're consistent. They don't have, like, some weird album, like, uh, Cold Lake by Celtic Frost or some shit, you know, where you're like, oh, they got the one. Uh, they kind of do. They do have the. What, they do Snake have Bite the. Love or? Uh, they've got a couple of them. Um, uh, one is another perfect day. Oh, well, that's the one I fucking love. That's yeah, I know. Cool. There's a lot of people. You know, I think people who were Motorhead. That one is a little different, I guess. Yeah, because it's it's the only album with Brian Robinson. On yeah, show. exactly. And and they were more of a. They were they were kind of proggy in that era. But the thing about it is, I think people who were Motorhead fans during that era hated it, but people who came after and got into Motorhead after that and went and listened to it were like, what the fuck is this? This is awesome. And that's me, you know what I mean? I hadn't, like, I wasn't around quite back then. I actually told somebody, uh, a guitar player in town that I know who's, like, uh, a little older than me, about how I love that record, and he was like, "Oh, I got a friend who's got that album cover tattooed on his back." Holy shit! And he he showed Lemmy in person at a show, and he was like, "Oh, I hate that album." Yeah, Lemmy hates it. Yeah, he hates it. He hates but he it. still uh, plays songs from it. You know, like "Dancing on Your Grave" and "I Got Mine." They still play well, "Dancing those. on Your Grave." That's where uh, Sepultura got their name. Yeah. Did I learn that on this podcast? I think I might have. It might have been. Oh, uh, you know what? I was listening to the Motorcast. The oh, yeah, yeah, podcast, yeah. And they had Max on there. And he was like, you know, the word in uh, Portuguese, I guess, is uh, Sepultura. The grave. Huh. So they were fucking hyped on that album. No fucking shit, up. dude. I guess what I learned from this podcast was the fact that they had... Uh, batteries on their bullet belts. Oh yeah, yeah. Civil Tour. The, <laughs> yeah. ba- the batteries on the bullet belt uh, were the bullets on the bullet belts. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They couldn't get the bullet belts, so they made them for, like, yep. put batteries on there. Yes, for the uh, uh, what is that? Morbid Visions uh, back Fuck cover. Yeah. Hell yeah! <laughs> that's that's Dude, they, what shit. they should do for that new uh, re-recorded version is do that again. D- yeah, right. <laughs> that would be hilarious dude that would be so great but yeah man i mean so uh, another perfect day is kind of their weird album in that era but i think their weird album in like the 90s era is um it would be snakebite love i believe Mm -hmm. yeah that's what i was thinking because like the song Snakebite Love is kind of just weird on its own and that was the first thing that I had really ever heard of them because when I was growing really? up I was fucking you know I was like 13 when that came out okay perfect time yeah to get into Motorhead. and I'm like eh, it's alright and then I heard We Are Motorhead the album and I was that like that one oh. fucking rules and that yeah, heavy that is a banger the whole fucking album. Yeah. And that's like the first album with Cameron Webb and it's fucking like, ugh. 
but then I think in the the new like the the current era of Motorhead, I think their weird album would have be um, the world is yours. I like it. I think it's a fucking great one. There's there's good songs on it, but like, but it's it's kind of a. But like then again, I also think like aftershock is kind of weird. For- See, I like aftershock better than uh, bad magic, personally. Really? Yeah, I get that because I do like there are some. Certain- yeah, I like the bluesy tunes on there, you know, uh, lost woman blues and stuff like. Right. Because um, you know that's the whole aspect is that the band is essentially just playing old school rock and roll stuff. Yeah. And that that was one of the cool things that Lemmy had said was like he's like when that album was coming out, that metal show was still a thing, and he would always said that they were a rock and roll band. They were never a metal band. And here he goes, and here I am, thirty years later on that metal show. Yeah, yeah. So it's like motherfucker. You know? <laughs> there, there's that uh, dry humor, right? And and I get that, and that's cool. But like okay, the song "Death Machine" off Aftershock, that one is balls to the wall heavy. I think um, so "Kiss of Death" some, doesn't you know, get enough love. Which one? I think "Kiss of Death" doesn't get enough love. Yeah, there you go. Even though you know um, there is uh, what is it, Supernatural, that uses the show that uses uh, "God Was Never on Your Side." Wow, uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, in like the in like the series finale. So, okay, which is which I well, think whatever. is a, a beautiful fucking song. Yeah, I like that song too. But Motorhead's uh, one of the bands for me where like I have so much weird merch. Um, I got a Motorhead wallet that I believe is officially licensed, and then recently I got a, a Motorhead Hawaiian shirt, which <laughs> I know for sure is not official. Dude, but I was like, you know, whatever. Would you ever wear but, uh, it live, though? Probably not, um, unless we were in Cancun or some shit. That would be great. I'd... Or playing <laughs> 70,000 tons of metal. That would be the perfect uh, reason to get it. Dude, I got it because I live in Texas. And I could see you Texas. all doing that, honestly. I would love to do that. Um, because one of those because let's, let's talk about that for a minute here. Let's talk about that, because... You all kind of caught on like a wildfire there, I think, because when you all put out the the actual like you you put out the compilation of the first two EPs, and then you and then you know five months later you put out the album in twenty twenty one, and then it's just like you all were playing some really banger fucking shows through that time period to up until now. Like you yeah, went on we tour couple, in the UK, you played the fucking pre-show uh, to Hell's Heroes, you know. You, yeah, with Toxic, who you just uh, yeah, who was just on a few, yet. you know, here a while back. Yeah, yeah, and, we were in the green room with those guys, you know, and then that was that was a fucking awesome show, right? So, I mean, what what is the goal? What do you want to do, man? Like. That that's a fucking awesome thing. I mean, obviously, you guys have are are you all even on? Are you all on uh, Hell's Heroes next year? No, uh, not to my knowledge. And I was actually just thinking about it today. Like, oh, I really like to buy a fucking uh, ticket, right? Like a weekend pass, right? But then, and what went through my mind is, 
oh wait, all those bands are going to be coming through town because we're in Austin. The fest is in Houston. Like if I'm over there, we're like, cause both years, you know, we have played shows with like other bands here in town. Like last year we played with Century and Nature here in Austin. And the year before we played with uh, War Cloud. Right. Cause you know, both those bands were like, Hell's Heroes lets their bands do tours in the surrounding area. Unlike certain other fests, well, but, um, I get why though, because Texas is goddamn fucking huge. It's huge, yeah. I mean, and you know, all these bands coming down from Canada and Sweden or wherever. So yeah. I'm on the fence. I, to my knowledge, I don't think we're involved with the fest uh, this year. Last year we did the official after show, which was cool. We played at a Black Magic Social Club in Houston with uh, Boyd from Lafayette. Right on. See, th- anything could happen. Yeah, like, man, because you all deserve to be on that on the main stage somewhere like that. Damn, because you be, guys that, fucking... That was so fun. Dude, you all fucking rip, and I'm constantly seeing you all post, and it's like, fuck yeah, man. It's like you all are constantly fucking uh, feet to pavement, letting people fucking know what's up, and that's what I dig about about seeing you all gotta do it even uh when we do the album release show like for sure i'm gonna be out in town with the staple gun uh putting up posters you know see that's one thing that i absolutely fucking miss in louisville there's city ordinance to where you can't do that anymore oh really yeah and down the main drag uh which was bar which is bardstown road uh, on all of the old, the, the ones that are still out, the old uh, uh, utility poles are just stapled from yeah. fucking like eight feet all the way down to the fucking ground. And they're all rusty fucking staples. And a lot of them are not there anymore because where they've been replaced over the years. But yeah, it some of them are still there and it's just like it's one of those things you just it's like you got to go up and touch the wall kind of thing cuz you get the energy from it. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. Well, you can still put up uh flyers here in Austin, so fuck yeah. But yeah, I'm going to do that, that next time. I'm going to fly to Austin. I'm going to hang out with you and I'm going to fucking post flyers for the next fu- for the big goddamn metal show in Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! That's how face, that that would be like the way Facebook fucking would advertise it, <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even mess around. I don't think I've ever done like a, one of those sponsored Facebook posts for any of our stuff. Yeah, maybe I should, but I've only I done a few, and I, uh, you know, I've and done I don't it know. in the past. I yeah. guess it works. I don't know. I, I never really saw any any kind of growth, so. I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't doing it right. Maybe you just got to fucking be attuned to the way the fucking algorithm works. I don't know. Well, now, you know, you're going to have to fucking hack into the mainframe and all that kind of shit. No shit, right? See, I'm trying to get out of my goddamn house and stop looking at my phone and either go put up a flyer at the local record store or just plug into my amp and play some guitar yeah absolutely i totally get it dude and i'm totally uh on board with that now and even more so now than i ever was because it's just like it's like a dying thing and you know that's what you know not to like plug but i'm gonna cheap shot plug this really fast that's what flamekeeper is 
the production mm-hmm. company here that uh, that Jason and I are doing is keeping metal alive. You know, the flames that light the fucking metal forge, the flames that are burning in the fireplaces of the fucking Viking ships rowing across the fucking ocean to fucking, you know, to wage fucking war shit. That's what Hell the flame yeah. keepers are. It's keeping that fucking metal flame alive. That's so, what I mean, that's what many, we need. Hell yeah. How many people are like involved in that? I know I've definitely heard you mention it on the on the show. <laughs> two. <laughs> Just you two guys <laughs> yeah. fucking Just us. Well, no, we have a fucking slew of friends who fucking help us promote. Um, You know, uh, Shade Beast uh, shares the post. Mercenary Press shares the post. Fucking. um, uh, For some reason, when you said me and Jason, I was like fists in the air, like, hell yeah. Because it's all kind of DIY. It is. Uh, I mean. I mean, the, we share their we share their posts. They share ours. You know, we do have some sponsors out there, like uh, Electric Ladyland, Better Days Records here in Louisville, uh, Magbar Pizza Denise in Louisville. Here, um, you know, we do have some uh, some pretty cool Louisville sponsors. Uh, so, for anybody that's ever in town, you know, look these places up. Go see them because I believe in their product. They believe in me and the Metal Forge. So that's what it's fucking about is believing in your fucking community and going to the fucking uh, the stuff, you know? Absolutely. Hell yeah. Yeah, we need that spirit here in Austin as well, for sure. And it's, see, it's good. I mean, I thought in Austin you all had that spirit because you all have South by Southwest and everything. That has gone the fuck downhill. Has I, it? I started going to that in 2007, and now it's just an annoying thing. It's just traffic, you know? There ah. used to be, like, there used to be 10 years ago fucking the most killer shows. I think 10 years ago I went and saw Black Breath, and, like, Thrasher Deathmatch was a thing. And like, even uh, fucking, like, Motorhead played there, like, 10 years ago. I saw Motorhead twice here in Austin. Um, neither was a South by thing, but yeah, South by kind of sucks now. I don't know. We actually we did a thing this year that was the anti South by. It's called This Is Austin, Not That Great, and that was actually a killer fucking show. It was like right before the dude booked this thing, and um, man, some of the bands that came down. We got to share the stage with Fugitive on the night we played, so obviously that was fucking nuts. Whenever they played, I was like side stage, and it was just nothing but stage dives. But also uh, Weregoat from Portland, I was really excited to see them. And yeah, it was three venues, all fucking heavy music for like three days. And then there was also a pre-show on Thursday that was like hip-hop, and that you know, from my own local professional opinion, that was way cooler than anything that happened during South by last year. So. Man, that's awesome, dude. Uh, yeah. Keep me posted on that. Is it, does it happen during South by? I think it was right before. Okay. And actually, uh, our set is up on our YouTube channel. Our good friend, uh, Austin Harris was there. He filmed it. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, quick little fucking rough and rowdy set. But yeah, there was a ton of people there. Fuck yeah! Was we'll really uh, we'll get a link in the in the uh, description below sure. for that for for fucking sure. Yeah. 
So, yeah. All right. I want to switch over to the derailed segment. You know, we're going to ask you some uh, random fucking questions like we've been doing with everybody else. And you know, know. you've been listening to some episodes, so you know that nobody's really been asked the same thing twice. There's no way to prepare for this part of it. No, there's not. And that's what I like about (laughs) it. Do you think that Stonehenge was man-made? And if not, who do you think did it? Yeah, I'm going to go with man-made. Uh, Spinal Tap told us the Druids did it. Um, yeah, actually, for real, I, it was probably man-made. By I'm not a, a history expert, so you know, don't quote me on this. But you know, the peoples of that time they probably made it as some kind of sacred uh, structure. Right, and, and I mean, is it kind? Of, do you do you believe it's kind of like the similar thing of like how the how they say how the uh, the pyramids and things out in Egypt were built, where they were, you know, uh, putting uh, making mud and rollers on uh, on logs and stuff like that. Yeah, I fully believe that like people living at that time, especially in a society like Egypt could pull off something like that using physics and you know because people weren't stupid back then they were just as smart as people now right you know like they had people that were as intelligent as the smart people that live today so well yeah and they had flushing toilets and things too oh yeah you know and that that alone they you know that that means that people aren't stupid you know i would think <laughs> yeah i'm saying you know and if you like, get rid of your shit just that smart you know they just didn't have you know centuries worth of knowledge that we have but also they probably had some knowledge that we don't have because it was lost the time you know and it was destroyed by christianity or you know invaders right 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 so, yeah that was, got, that's actually funny that you Stonehenge. mentioned that because i was just talking with a friend of mine and he was talking about uh, wanting to create a band based on a, a particular time period. And I was like, okay, that's cool. So before a certain time or, you know, like before this time or after this time? And he was like, before. I'm like, cool. <laughs> it's like, because you yeah. never hear about that shit. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. And I mean, I know it's pretty vague because I don't want to give up his idea, but fuck. Who gives a shit, right? Did you ever wait you got for me? Did you ever like jump in line and try a fucking like a food that became famous like overnight kind of thing like the donut burger or like the pickle dog or anything? Man, I want to say I'm ahead of the curve on a lot of that shit. Like for instance, I was drinking White Claw in like mid 2018. You were like, "What the fuck is that in your hand?" Oh, before the, the pandemic made it famous. Yeah, like, literally, I've had people be like, yeah, you're the first person to drink White Claw ever. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's, like, good or bad, but there's been some weird shit like that, like, just kombucha. Like, I was drinking that in fucking 2006, and then it became popular. Right. I don't know. I think, absolutely. So you're ahead of the trend. I think I, I, yeah, by the time it becomes a trend, I'm like, oh, man, I'm so sick of that shit. I never <laughs> want to see a white claw again, you know? That's great. Because, yeah, I kinda, I'm kind of adventurous with, like, stuff, you know, trying new shit. 
Yeah, and but and then I also get like bored easily. So I definitely think there's a few things like that where I kind of tried a thing and people were like, what the fuck is that? And then, you know, then it became like a meme like two years later and it's like, <laughs> man, I, I moved on. <laughs> right. So, those, those are the ones that come to mind. For whatever reason, I was in a health food uh, kick in like 06 and I was like, let me try this kombucha. Oh, before all of the like, health food thing really happened in like 2010 and 11 and all the way you up know, until I was now. eating kale or whatever and then, and then that became uh, super popular. Right. But yeah, the White Claw thing comes to mind. I don't know how the fuck I found out about it, but before it was so ubiquitous, uh, I was kind of into it because... Uh, I don't know. It was less filling than you. Were you, were you there sitting there like, man? I remember when this white claw was a buck twenty-five <laughs> a can. I remember before mango was the flavor. <laughs> when it was just you know, seltzer. <laughs> it, it was just grapefruit. Oh, you know, <laughs> and black cherry. You know, if it had a just a probably a little bit more of the fucking like the. Of the flavor to it to me, I think it would be better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I get too much of the uh, the seltzer taste, I think. Yeah, it's not great. It was definitely just a means to an end. Dude. I was never like, let me sip right. this out of a snifter and enjoy my book. <laughs> For sure. Uh, you know. <laughs> if someone asked you to give them a random piece of advice, what would you say? Uh, don't give up. And... You know, things will get better, or they could get worse. I don't know. <laughs> to me, I don't know. That's a random piece of advice. Like, don't give up. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm going to assume that every single person is going through some shit. Because right now, I get in my car in Texas, it's 110 degrees. So that really exacerbates any kind of bad day you're having. Yeah. And I'm just going to tell people, like, if they if they ask me for a random piece of advice, I'd be like, don't give up, and it's going to get better. Yeah. Give it a few months. And that's awesome, dude. And that's rad as fuck. And, and, and I fucking appreciate the fuck out of that because that's, you know, just like I said, like keeping the flame alive type stuff. That's what what being metal to me is as well, is sitting there and being like picking up your fellow your fellow dude, you know? Uh, Hell yeah. And just sitting there and saying, hey, yeah, it might suck now, but things don't always suck. Hell the, yeah. You know, the scene well, will thrive I'm again. I'm impressed with, for sure. So I'm impressed with pretty much every band that's playing like extreme metal or, you know, underground music because I know that it's not super easy. And I know that there's been, you know, trials and tribulations and. Even just to get a band together and fucking get the demo out. Right. And so any any band that's like on tour or whatever they're doing, you know, it's like they had to get their amp repaired mid-tour or, you know, they had a van break down. <laughs> Some sure. thing. Yeah. And they probably almost certainly have to balance their full-time job with this band, you know, so... Even bands that I don't necessarily listen to, I gotta have some level of respect as long as they came from a DIY background, you know, because it's not the easiest 
path to choose. But for me, like, I couldn't really do anything else besides, like, this band, you know? Right. And, (laughs) no, I mean, you're absolutely right, because I think getting, getting a group of people together and playing music and, you know, just for the sake of just being able to do it, to, even to, just that step, even just getting out playing one local show, a yeah. lot of people don't even get there. Absolutely. Especially Super now. talented people. Yeah. That, you know, because people are just so fucking burnt out on everything in life that, you know, it really is a luxury to have a band sometimes that, you know, that you're not going to play not every show is a banger fucking show like a heavy hell or you know there's not going to always be fucking like 150 people there there might be fucking 30 people but it's still Absolutely. a banger of a fucking show and you're still getting out and making headway somewhere and doing the fucking You're still thing. reaching those 30 people. Yes. And that which is important. Exactly and that's what it's all about. And for me if I'm one of those 30 people in the crowd I'm fucking glad I came out that night and you know the week is better for it for sure as long as the band is putting in effort and bringing it you know yeah absolutely and i dig that and that's rad as fuck uh would you rather be rich or famous you cannot be both rich for sure (laughs) because you're rich and not famous yeah that's uh yeah that that well yeah because what if you know you could be famous and then what be for nothing you know it's like that almost sounds like you'd be a serial killer almost right right you know like you could be you could be famous but you can't be rich okay well that means like, you're going to be Richard Ramirez was never rich you know what i mean yeah exactly like, neither was fucking ted bundy i mean i mean yeah like a lot of those guys i mean some of those guys you know, were, but, like, Ramirez is, like, living in a car, like, injecting coke in an alley, you know, like, he probably lived his best life after he got caught. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he did, you know, all (laughs) all the way up until he died in, like, what, like, 97 or some shit, or 98 or whatever? Fucking, uh, Yeah. yeah, I'm sure, man, fucking, like, uh, what, the three hots and a cot thing, you know? Fucking, (laughs) Well, they gave him new teeth. Oh, yeah, that So he, he looked more presentable, you know. Right. And he definitely had the groupies. That's the thing, you know. Yeah. He yeah. definitely had the groupies. So, yeah, that... Uh, Which is twisted, but, you know, it is what it is. Hey, people are into what they are into. <laughs> and yeah. I, I, who am I to say? I, I, <laughs> I can't... It, it is what it is, and it ain't me, but... I don't know, man, you know. <laughs> man, I wonder if that new serial killer, the Gilgo uh, Beach killer from Long Island or whatever, is going to have boobies because he's just some, like, schlub. I don't know if you've seen that in the news. But I have not. This dude almost looks like Peter Griffin or something, you know, and, they, you know, he had gotten away with it for years, and uh, he's been out there killing. Yeah, Gilgo Beach killer. I'm going to have to look, look that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He he was like an architect, I believe, and just recently he uh they were able to link all these murders to him from DNA from pizza crusts that he left in a pizza box. Dude, that's fucking nuts. So the the new album is like I think I mentioned before, you know, is 
mostly there's a loose theme to it and it's kind of serial killers um so i actually spent a shit ton of time like researching various serial killers and stuff and uh there's some true crime element to the album but i'm not trying to glorify that at all in fact if you listen to the song marked for death on the album it's just kind of uh like an elegy for all the victims out there and it's saying like how could you do this to me the worst thing you could ever do is take someone else's life you know just for your own selfish pleasure so like wanted to write a song about that just to kind of make it you know known that i'm not like a fan of killers but i do i am you know i have a morbid curiosity and that kind of stuff you know you gotta know who the enemy is you know for sure so did you have an interest in this before writing the album or was this a concept that came up to you and you were like okay well i have to you know i have to do research then no i was already into it and i think that's kind of what led into it okay that makes sense though true crime podcast but like you know all true crime (laughs) stuff is is huge you know oh it is yeah even just the news is true crime anyway, so... <laughs> right? <laughs> Real-time But I do crime. like to learn about some of these um, lesser-known killers, you know? It's like, there's so many out there. And actually, there's a thing going around where a lot of people think there's a, kill- a serial killer in Austin right now who's like, his bodies keep turning up in uh, Town Lake. When people go missing, there's like this... Uh, part of town called rainy street with all these bars people go out there and then they wind up dead in the lake and it's not like right on the lake either you know so wow definitely a big theory that there's an active serial killer in austin at the moment that's crazy yeah (laughs) i don't know where i where i stand on it but people are dying that's for sure that's an wow man fucking be safe man it's crazy out oh, there it's not gonna happen to me <laughs> you don't go out to that part of the uh, of where people are disappearing from <laughs> nah um dude thank you so much this is awesome i have one more question but you know how yeah. it is as always there are links listed below so give a like a share and a follow go buy merch Go pre-order the album when it comes available because you know it's going to be up for pre-order because everything is mm-hmm. up for pre-order these days, right? Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, it is. Dude, All you have... formats. Yeah. What what formats is it going to be on? It's coming out on uh, vinyl LP, uh, CD, and cassette. I know that CD uh, pre-order is going to be on September 13th, so it's a month from the release date. And then we'll see what's up. Um, but yeah, it'll be those three, and then obviously digital. So <laughs> I'm a sure. tape guy myself. I love uh, collecting cassette tapes. So we'll come up with something nice packaging wise. And then there's going to be a black vinyl and also a colored vinyl as well. You need to bring back the long box. Oh, yeah, the long box CD. <laughs> hey. Uh, no, dude, even not? there was even long box cassettes. Oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, why not, man? Dude, it's a thing, man. So, uh, we, we're we actually going to be working with Mercenary Press and Postmortem Apocalypse on the cassette. And I think they're going to make it pretty sick to where, you know, it's worth your uh, couple bucks to buy. Fuck yeah, dude. 
Hell yeah. And, you know, and shout out to the people really fast to fucking who fucking constantly, you know, who are the collectors in the scene, you know. The, the people who fucking buy the both variants or all five variants of the release, whether it's all five variants of the vinyl, the, the CD, the tape, and the digital, you know, and, and shout out to those fucking people because they are Hell where yeah. it's at. Without them, we wouldn't be shit. Right. You would. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what would we be doing? Yeah. So do you have yeah. any shout outs you want to give to anybody today? A shout out? Okay. So my nephew is turning four years old. His name's Everett Pearson. You mentioned the hologram of this conversation. I think, you know, I want to give a shout out to Everett. Happy fourth birthday. So now in about eight years or something, I can show him uh, the hologram and he'll be stoked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Shout out to him and then shout out to uh, my good friend Austin Harris. He filmed... Like I said, the uh, set for um, that This Is Austin show, uh, he's got a kid on the way as well. And uh, every time he's in town or we're at Dallas where he lives, he comes up and does guest vocals because that's my good-ass friend, you know. So shout out to Austin. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome, dude. And, you know, the funny thing is, is I know a band who did that, and he hit, the guy... Uh, did guest vocals and then they were just like dude you do guest vocals at like every show do you just want to be in the band too <laughs> yeah. and and yeah. and he's uh he's been in the band ever since so there you go yeah <laughs> and i they're saw amazing, a band here in great. town that had two singers uh a couple weekends ago called specter of war and they had the two singers so it was, uh, was kind of like high and low vocals. Oh, wow. See, Overload had two vocalists for a time, but like uh, when Donnie was in the band it, on drums, he had like he had a song on the first album, he had a song on the second album, and he had one on the third album. But, but everything else, I did like the bulk of everything. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, but then there was that, so... Well, this album actually featured uh, the most vocals from our bass player, uh, Blaine. There's a song in there called The Butcher's Apron, where we go back and forth, which is cool. And he's got a couple other lines in there. And then, of course, we got to have the gang vocals in there. So all of us three plus friends, you know, screaming in a mic. Fuck yeah, dude. That's awesome as shit. And man, I am, I am so looking forward to it. I can't wait for everybody to hear this shit, you know. I mean... Uh, really looking forward to it. James, I've got one last question, and we're going to end this on kind of a light note, but kind of not. Okay. <laughs> Rocky or Fight Club? I think it was Fight Club, probably. Fight Club? I don't know. Rocky has the song, though. Mm. Fight Club doesn't have a, a banger like Rocky does. You know, yeah, and Bob had bitch tits. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I think as a movie, you would probably find me watching Fight Club. I would guess, but um, Rocky does have Eye of the Tiger. Well, and yeah, it, well, and even undeniable. even before that, even in Rocky One, you know, you've got the oh yeah 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 Yeah, you got that shit i wonder if like that's like a wizard of oz dark side of the moon thing could you sync up 
like the soundtrack to Rocky to Fight Club. Wow. That'd, <laughs> really cool. That'd be funny. That'd probably be fucking awesome. I am Jack's raging liver. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I did one time was I put on uh, Sleep's Holy Mountain on vinyl and like dropped a needle while pressing play on Holy Mountain, the movie, the Hodorowski movie. Mm-hmm. And I was on mushrooms. It was syncing up, but then the album ended, you know, and there was still like half a movie left to go. Right, and that's <laughs> and that's the whole thing. That's even with like Dark Side of the Moon too. Once it gets once it gets to the end of the album, you know, it it doesn't restart. Yeah, you know, so it's just a happy coincidence thing. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I, I was convinced. I was like, wow, this was meant to be. Like sleep must have you planned this, but then the album ended, and I was like, "Well, I guess I'll just turn the volume up on the movie and finish." (laughs) Right, finish it out. (laughs) Yeah, because it. Man, I love horror movies and uh, all kinds of crazy ass movies like that. So is it? So is it faux pas to to stop a movie halfway through? Do you have to sit there and finish it? No, you could you could stop it and watch the rest the next day. Okay, you know, because I know there's people it, that are like, nope. If I start it, I can't stop it because then it's like I lose it. See, I will lose my fucking mind if I don't finish it the next day. <laughs> you know, I'll be like, I gotta watch this movie. So it's faux pas to stop a movie halfway through unless the movie sucks. Then. You know, you can gong show it and say, fuck this movie. Yeah, there you're is You're watching that. a movie that does nothing for you. You can just bail on it. There if you're is watching that. a decent movie, you know, even I if remember, you've seen it before, you kind of have to finish it the next day. Right. But, I remember being super pissed off in the theater seeing House of a Thousand Corpses. When, when it, had been, it had been out literally two days and the theater was dead as fuck. And that was a weird one. That one had a weird release, and then it kind of got a cult following and stuff. Huh? Yeah, and I remember like just being like, "This is fucking garbage," and like, <laughs> and I have not, and I've only, and I've tried to watch it since, and I get like right up to the fucking point where fucking Spalding's screaming. And yeah. it, and then I'm just and then I just kind of peter out and I'm like ah god I can't watch this, but you know I'll watch I'll Devil's Rejects this. like all fucking day. <laughs> that one's yeah. There's a different tone there. The best movie I've seen in forever is Terrifier two, and I just like that series. But yeah, so Terrifier two made my fucking night, made my year. I was like, this is what I want, right? But that new Halloween, uh, Halloween Ends, I hated it. Right. But I saw it the Thursday that it came out so that I couldn't have anyone's opinion. Like, I saw it on, at like 7 p.m. on Thursday in the theater. <laughs> and I was sitting there like 20 minutes in. I was like, oh, this sucks. So I was I was not happy with that. Halloween yeah, as a, a franchise. People Some people liked it. Some people were like, man, they took a a swing for the fences. They did something new. I was like, well, I mean, they should have just <laughs> done what they always do. I would have liked it more. Well, yeah, and I think everybody would have. And, you know, I, I just don't, I guess I just don't understand why 
they have to feel like they have to reinvent everything. Like, take the Terminator franchise, for example. You know, where you get all of the ones that are based around John Connor and Sarah Connor and Kyle Reese. And then you get the one that's not with uh, the one dude in there, uh, Sam Worthington, I guess. Right. And then yeah, the Australian guy. Yeah. And then it's just like, what? <laughs> I mean, and honestly, you know, the difference between one and two really wasn't anything like legitimately crazy other than just showing the T-1000. Man, those first two are fantastic. I almost think the first one is a little more like metal. It is. You know? Oh, no, it totally is. Yeah. It's, that, that's it, like a, a metal movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think anybody who who is a metalhead would definitely have that in their collection. Uh, probably on yeah. multiple media like a lot of us do. Yeah, like 80s Schwarzenegger is just like metal shit. Oh, yeah. Well, and in, even up into some 90s stuff, because they're like, you get it up to, to like Total Recall, which is that's like, metal. yeah, that's metal, but that's like, that's like where it ends for him. And then he's doing shit like fucking like Twins and <laughs> fucking um, what, Mr. Mom or whatever? Is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> where he's like, Dana, I'm pregnant. Or... Yeah, that was. Are you thinking Junior? Ju- yeah, Junior. Junior, yeah. Uh, fucking yeah. So yeah, I think Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom is uh fucking uh uh. You want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Michael Keaton. Uh, that's oh, Mr. Yeah, that's Mr. Mom. Um, uh, and Mr. Nanny was uh Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> In his horrible fucking acting career. Stay tuned for the uh, the Mudhorn episode with Wrestling Steve and and myself and Jason Gardner, where we're going to talk about uh, the best and worst wrestling films. Not they live obviously is the best, right? Like, uh, it might be, it might not be. There's some really good ones on my list. Because I okay. know some really obscure ones. Okay. That are really good. So that's gonna be out either ne- either this coming this month or this coming month. So look forward to that. Hell yeah. Dude, this has been a fucking awesome conversation. I appreciate it. And we're gonna have to get you on here before another fucking two years. Okay, I'm down. Yeah, we'll scale back to one year. Yeah, we'll fucking, you know, it, it, it's awesome because, like, the last couple of years, uh, I hung out with a friend. I, I met him a couple of years ago, and, and just out of happenstance, we've hung out on the same weekend for, like, the last three years in a row. And we live, nice. like, seven hours apart. <laughs> So yeah, man, it's cool. Distance. Yeah, yeah, we could totally make a thing of it. Check back in, see, see what all crazy stuff happens now since uh, the last time I talked to you. We went overseas and yeah, played Hell Zeros with Toxic and all that stuff. Fucking, you all fucking like blew up. You were like uh, an- another uh, another weird Motorhead album, Overnight Sensation. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's fun. That's a great I album. I know people don't. <laughs> yeah. That's a great album, and it's great to be one. Fuck yeah, dude. Right. Like, I know it's not an overnight sensation. I, I know that I kid with that because you all are super fucking hardworking, and believe me, I fucking notice it, and I'm pretty fucking oblivious to a lot of shit, it seems like. <laughs> well, you know, I've noticed that you know all these up-and-coming bands, so you do have your finger on the pulse of, of something going on. You Maybe. know who just is just random, I think, I would like to listen to? Is if you got uh, Richard Spider from Spider to do an episode. Yes. And, you, you know, S-P-I-T-E-R. The dude from uh, Shitfucker. Yes, and actually, that's a. Uh... I think he would be hilarious to listen to. I got you know I we've played a couple shows with him now, and uh, he's a, a funny character. Hell yeah, man! Yeah, were they on the uh, the Hell's Hero show also? They did uh, Charge Noise Festival in L.A., oh, which we did. Okay, and then they did it the tour where they were opening for Midnight. Uh, I think Spirit of Drift was on there. Yes. And um, they the, were doing, like, headlining The second leg so, of the tour. Yeah. So I didn't actually go see Midnight because they didn't come to Austin. But, like, what Spider was doing was um, they were headlining gigs when there was a day off. Like, For they sure. were just workforcing it. Like, if they had a day off, they would go play a headlining gig at the, like, local club in Austin. So we got to open uh, direct support for them at, like, the local fucking... Uh, heavy metal bar here in Austin. So we play with them twice now, once in LA and then uh, once here in town. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, definitely going to look into reaching out to him and and seeing what's up. Yeah, I think it would be funny because, like, he's just kind of an out there, like, crazy-ass guy, you know? Right. Fuck so, yeah, yeah uh, that's my recommendation. Hell yeah. Also, every, every band I like, uh, get them on the show. <laughs> I love listening to uh, the bands to see the the inside inner workings of the the rock and roll machine. Well, yeah, and that's why I love doing this is because you know I I like to I like that too, man. And that's what I don't know what about. the fuck I'm doing. I'll tell you that. Like none of us do. It's all fucking I'm, guesswork in fucking yeah. black cut off <laughs> sleeve shirts. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I'm wearing of, one right now. Me I'm wearing too. one right now. Me too, because it's fucking metal. <laughs> yeah, the fuck else would I wear? Exactly, dude. Fuck yes. James, thank you so fucking much. On our way out today, Absolutely. what are we going to play? So this is one that uh, I think would be fun to do an exclusive. Uh, you know, we'll put it on here. Ooh. This is a track off the new album. It's called... Howl of the Horde.
in 2017, one man's vision and passion for all things metal started out as a record store in his house. Years later, the fight against a mainstream empire continues as Shade Beast. An independent metal collective and online store based in Athens, Georgia, is the world's premier heavy metal brand for music heads that value authenticity over the mainstream acceptance. Featuring original t-shirts from some of the best underground artists, as well as stickers, posters from the Shade Beast Presents concert series. Unique, one-of-a-kind collectibles and small curated selection of vinyl and cassettes from the masters old and new. Visit ShadeBeast.com and enter promo code SITHLORD for free domestic shipping on your first order, whether you're a new customer or returning. And be sure to join the Shade Beast social groups on Facebook and the interwebs to keep up with the new release announcements and talk all things metal and Star Wars. You'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and filth. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine! An independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout 
to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com. What's up, Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the paranormal? If the things that go bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast, If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Featuring first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history, and speculation related to all things not of this world. Available now on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Set back, relax, and remember, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE10 to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio. Something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana is the premier 12,500 square foot music superstore that has served both Southern Indiana and Louisville, Kentucky metro area for over four decades. Originally founded by Marvin and Beverly Maxwell in the 70s, this gym remains a Maxwell family-owned business. Mark Maxwell, along with his business partner, Whitney McNichol, continued the reputation as being the national resource for all things music. In 2022, the iconic Guitar Emporium of Louisville relocated to Maxwell's Music, creating the largest independently owned showroom in the region. The retail offerings at Maxwell's Music includes a huge selection of guitars, basses, amplifiers, effects pedals, modeling amps, keyboards, drums, banjos, mandolins, ukuleles, sound systems, stage lighting equipment, and accessories. 
The music education program at Maxwell's is second to none. From private instrument and voice lessons to DJ, EDM, recording, songwriting, and music theory, to Rock School, Weekend Warriors, and Maxwell's Music Lab, there is something for every age and every ability level. Down in repair land, guitar and instrument repairs and refurbishment are taken care of by the Maxwell's team of expert guitar technicians and luthiers. They also do appraisals of instruments as well. Maxwell's offers installations for professional audio, visual, and lighting systems for schools, churches, clubs, VFWs, funeral homes, sports fields, and so much more. There's also rentable space at Maxwell's, from the music practice and rehearsal rooms for the individuals and bands, all the way to a meeting space and concert venue that seats up to 120. That also includes a professional audio, visual, and lighting system and a sound booth. Maxwell's has it all. All this plus original functioning 1947 recording booth to make your own record. Go to the Guitar Hero Throne, to the very own Elvis statue, and don't forget the Harmony Green Pocket Park. There's a reason the Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana has been recognized by the National Association of Music Merchants as a number one award-winning best store design, as well as top 100 music store year after year. You gotta see it to believe it. Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana. (laughs) 